So the Lord is good. And I want to continue what I've been preaching on the last few uh, uh, Sundays. And uh, I think you remember where I'm preaching from. Anybody, any idea? It's in Acts chapter 11 this morning. And uh, so Christ in the books of Acts part 20. So I'm going to preach surely as the Lord gives grace for a long time in the books of Acts. And did you know the books of Acts have never ever really concluded? We are still living in the times of the Acts of the Apostles. Yes? Of the church. The church has as yet no conclusion a conclusion will come when we are with the Lord. Amen? So we are still keeping going and serving the Lord. And I want to speak this morning on who was I that I could stand God in the way. There was a situation, and you remember I spoke about Peter, the apostle, and he was sent by the Lord to an Italian uh, um, commander and uh, this Italian man, centurion, he became a Christian and God testified in his life and the whole family that uh, God saved him. Now this came to the other apostles and it came to the believers in Jerusalem and in Judea. And uh, there was a certain group in Jerusalem that said, well, they had something to say. Isn't it interesting? Whenever we do something for the, for the Lord, somebody might come. Either he criticizes, or somehow in any way, he thinks he had to say something. Now then, I want to read this scripture this morning from Exodus. Chapter 11, the verses 1 to 18. Now the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those who were circumcised took issue with him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men, and ate with them. But Peter began speaking and proceeding to explain to them in orderly sequence, saying, I was in the city of Joppa, praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object coming down like a great sheet lowered by four corners from the sky. And it came right down to me, and the Lord, and when I fixed, had fixed my gaze on it, and was observing it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth, and the wild beasts, and the crawling creatures, and the birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, by no means, Lord, for nothing unholy 
or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice came from heaven, answered a second time. What God has cleaned, no longer consider unholy. This happened three times, and everything was drawn back up into the sky. And behold, at that moment three men appeared at the house in which we were staying, having been sent to me from Caesarea. The Spirit told me to go with them without misgiving. These six brethren also went with me and we entered the house, or the man's house. And he reported to us how he had seen the angel standing in the house and saying, Send to Joppa and have Simon, who is also called Peter, brought here. And he will speak words to you by which you will be saved, you and all your household. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as he did upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if God gave them the same gift as he gave to us, also after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful word. And we thank you for what you have done through the Apostle Peter. Lord, you can do also in our times. And I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you are here this morning. And I pray, give grace to speak your word. Give grace to listen to your word. And also give grace to act upon your wonderful, glorious word. Amen. Amen. Now the news of the conversion of this man went to Jerusalem and all these apostles or the believers in Judea and Jerusalem heard about it. But some from especially, there was a group, they were especially called from the circumcision. They held very strong to it. And they came also later on into the church and tried to say, well, you need to be circumcised according to the way Moses said. And we know very clearly, God wanted to preach through Peter, the gospel to this man. And this centurion experienced the Lord in a wonderful way. Peter, when he was challenged, he started to speak in sequence and told him exactly what happened. And it was so important. 
And we know this, and we have seen it perhaps in Sunday school. I remember when I was in Sunday school, a little boy, and I saw this sheet, and I saw all the animals that were in there, animals, you know, which were forbidden for Jews to eat. Now, interesting, what does this vision actually mean? We all have read it a few times. Now, this vision, what does it mean, actually? Who is meant by it? Are these the Gentiles? And when did Peter get this vision? And we have to understand it, what it meant for Peter also. It was actually a food issue. Did you know that? It was a food issue. Because Peter was up on the roof and he was praying. And while he was praying, he felt hungry. Have you had it too? I remember when we fast, that we sometimes get hungry. It's very normal. There was somebody, he wanted to also have gifts from the Lord, a vision, and he was fasting. And all of a sudden, he had a vision. What did he see? A big Mac. <laughs> then he realized that's not the way to release or to get gifts from the Lord. No. So, we want something from the Lord. And Peter, he was on the roof in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 10. But he became hungry and was desiring to eat. But while they were making preparation downstairs, he fell into a trance. And he had a vision. And this vision came down. And so it's a food issue. We have to understand it. It's not these animals are not the heathens or the Gentiles to be slaughtered and to be eaten. No. There was a very simple food matter. And we have to understand it very clearly. God prepared Peter for the next meal, let me say. Perhaps to be eaten in the house of Cornelius. That's where he was supposed to go. And that's why where these people come and waiting for Peter downstairs. That they might bring him to this man Cornelius. Now this same food matter, God prepared him for it. That when he would come, that he would perhaps also being greeted and also being given food by a Gentile. And that was so important. We must never ever by anything we have in our tradition perhaps be hindered to serve God. It could have been a hindrance. And he said, who was I that I should hinder God if he would not have gone to this Cornelius, perhaps eating with him also? He would have stood in the way for God. Now Paul explains very clearly about food and things like that. That's important for us too. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, the verses 4 and five, for everything created by God is 
good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude for it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. When we thank for the food, the food had been sanctified. That's what Paul is saying very clearly. Now remember, eating with Cornelius was not in any way that did defile Peter. Peter was there to preach the gospel. Jesus taught clearly, and we can see it also in Matthew chapter 15, the verses 10 to 11. After Peter, after Jesus called the crowd to him, he said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what enters into the mouth that defiles a man, but what proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles a man. And Jesus shows later on the connection between mouth and the heart. And he explained very clearly, when we eat something, it doesn't go into our heart. Where does it go? Into the stomach. Very simple. But out of the mouth, it doesn't come out of the stomach. It comes out of the heart. And that defiles a man or a person. Our words. And that is what Jesus said very clearly. Now Peter, he saw this vision and this happened to him three times. Interesting, God called him three times. Get up, kill and eat. And we know very clearly that God also called Samuel three times. You remember when Samuel was with Eli in the temple and the Lord called Samuel. He went to Eli and said, Did you call me? No. And he went back and God called him again. Three times we read. And you know, if God says something three times, that's clear and that's firm for God. Peter had it once. You know, when Peter called him, when the Lord called him there at the sea, Tiberius, after the resurrection, and he called Peter and said, Peter, do you love me? And he called him three times. And we can read it very clearly in John chapter 21, 17. He said to him, the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know how I love you. And Jesus said, tend my sheep. Now, with this threefold call, do you love me? God had a task for Peter. What was the task? What was the task? Fold or shepherd my sheep or look after my sheep. Now Peter 
was to tend the lost sheep of the Gentiles. Peter was a fisher, you know. And now he became a shepherd. Very interesting. God can change a man. He had many, many fish which he caught. But now he was to go and uh, shepherd a soul or bring a soul from a fold that was not belonging to Jesus before. Jesus said in John 1.16, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. So there were sheep of his fold. Who were they? They were the apostles, the disciples who were around Jesus. And he said, I've got other sheep. They're not of this fold. And Jesus is going to call them too. And it says there, I must bring them also and they will hear my voice and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Do you understand something? The plan that God had with his church and with Israel. At first the disciples thought Israel is that where he is going to get his sheep from. No, God is also interested into the Gentiles that the Gentiles might come into the church as well and become born again. Now, interesting what we see here. These people took issue against Peter. You went into the house of an uncircumcised man. You ate with him. And there was not allowed as a Jew. But Peter explained it very clearly. Now, a food issue must never become a salvation issue. Amen? Hallelujah. Salvation is greater than just food. And let me continue from Matthew 15 where Jesus speaks about in verse 17 and 18. Do you not understand that everything that goes into your mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated. But things that proceed out of the mouth comes from the heart and those defile the man because the heart is full of evil things, the Bible says. And things coming out of the heart if it's not the Spirit of God. It's defiling the man. You understand? And that's what we must understand very clearly. And Peter explained everything and told him, the Lord prepared me actually for this time that I might go to the house of the Gentile and preach there. Now, it's the main thing is only from a clean heart can proceed things that are clean out of the mouth. Is that right? Only from a clean heart. And that's why when David was repenting before the Lord, and everybody knows which psalm that is, is Psalm 51. 
Remember, this is a very interesting psalm. Where David repented before the Lord. And he said, create in me a clean heart. He knew it's not just any food. Or it's not because of eating with unwashed hands. That's what they actually criticized the disciples in Jesus' time. And Jesus defends them. And said, no, that is not that what defiles a man, but that what comes out of the heart, because in the heart is a lot of garbage, sinfulness, adultery, fornication, lying, murder, and all these things. And that's why anything comes out of the heart, if it's not from the spirit, is unclean, and that defiles. A man. I remember the first time I came to Australia many, many, many years ago. I was working as a boiler maker welder, and we got steel. And I didn't know very much of English then, nor did I know all the swear words. You know, Australians can swear very heavily. Oh, horribly. And there was a steel a deliverer, and he came somehow, I don't know, there was something he didn't like very much. I don't know. But he was swearing and swearing and using all the words. And I stood up to him and said, God didn't give us our mouths to swear. He gave us the mouse to praise his name. He looked like a car. He looked, didn't know what to say. Now we see, because that what is in the heart is unclean, if it comes out of the mouth, that defiles a man. Jesus said very clearly, create in me a clean heart. So that's what David prayed there. O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. If the Holy Spirit is taken away from us, that's where all that filth is in our heart. He said, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Now, this cleansed heart, the people in the house of Cornelius heard. And there was in the process during the preaching, and we see it in chapter before. While Peter was preaching, all of a sudden something happening. They believed in Jesus, and they think, or they start to speak in other tongues. The Holy Spirit fell. Where the Holy Spirit falls, our life will be changed. Hallelujah. And Peter said when he was there before these people in Jerusalem, then I remembered what Jesus used to say. John baptizes with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage everyone who is here 
this morning. If you never have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, seek it, pray. Lord, fill me, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. And then when he explained this very clearly, and then all of a sudden, the penny dropped with all these people, with the circumcision people in Jerusalem. And the penny dropped so clearly that it says here, when they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. If that is the case, that God filled them with His Holy Spirit and sent the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Now then, Peter said, how could I then stand God in the way? It was God's work that these people got saved. It was God's work that these people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Who was I then? And they understood now God also granted repentance to the Gentiles. Repentance that leads to life. To life. Now what is the kingdom of God? And we know very clearly Romans is a, in 16 verse 17 is a very clear statement. For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, whether with washed fingers or unwashed fingers, as the disciples did in Matthew 15. No, the kingdom of God is far for greater. What is it? And these are the three legs the kingdom of God stands on. The first leg is righteousness, hallelujah. Righteousness. And that's so important that also we as Christians live righteous before the Lord and also righteous before the world that people can see in us and on us that we have been changed. Whenever somebody comes to the Lord, one thing is there in his heart. Not just keep going the way he or she went, but there's a desire for righteousness. Is it right? All of a sudden you know things are did this far. I'm not going to do anymore. A friend of mine from Hamburg, he was working in the, on the raft in, England, in, in, in the Hamburg and he became a child of God in a home group with some elderly ladies together. He was there and his life was changed totally. Totally changed. And the first thing he said when he came, came on Monday morning to work, I'm not doing the things with you anymore. All the things he did before Foul speaking, drinking, dirty things talking about. I'm no longer with you 
in this. I'm a child of God. Amen. And you see something? There was this desire and there is this, this desire to live righteous before God. When you give your life to the Lord, you didn't want to live the way you lived before. There's a desire for righteousness. And the next thing is this peace with God. Hallelujah. And that's what the Bible says very clearly. That means, and Jesus says also, Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after what? After righteousness. Have, you, have we really understood what it means hungering after righteousness? I haven't understood as yet. Perhaps somebody might have understood. Hunger after righteousness. Perhaps the Lord will show you next week or sometimes in the future a real hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know what I mean? Not just singing a few songs or reciting a few Bible verses. No, no. Thirsting hunger after righteousness. Could it be there might be a desire to be like Jesus? If this desire is in your heart, to be like Jesus, is that, that righteousness we should hunger and thirst after? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the next thing it is righteousness and peace. Peace with God. Now peace is not just a quiet life. Peace is no longer having God as our opponent. When you think of him on the Lord, then as peace, you know he is my father. Hallelujah. He is my father. I remember in, um, many years ago in Germany, we had a coffee bar. So that means during the week, we opened uh, a, not a shop, but actually there was a, an old castle, a little castle. And we opened or rented a room there and invited young people to come to this coffee shop. And then we talked to them about Jesus and the gospel that we wanted. They came. We had some coffee and tea and uh, uh, biscuits. And it was good. Many, many young people came. And we were able to talk to them. And one boy... A young man said to me, 
Interesting, God never answers my prayers. What did you do? Yeah, well, I, I prayed to God and God didn't answer my prayer. Does God answer everybody's prayer? That's good. Remember the blind born in John chapter 5. And they wanted to explain to him, well, this man who heals you, he is a sinner. But this blind man knew the Bible. He knew the Bible. And he said, this we know, that God does not answer anyone. But those who are righteous and do his will. Now, and I told him, listen, I as a father, father, I do not answer every child's request. If you would have come to me and asked for something, I said, I might not give it to you. But why is it when my son comes to me and asks me for something, perhaps for a, for a dollar or whatever, you know, would I do it? Yes. And I told him, do you realize something? You have no relation to me, but my son, he is my son. I am his father. And that's why I answer his requests. And that's why God answers our requests. God is no longer our enemy. He is our father. Amen? Hallelujah. And we can talk to him. And the next thing we read is this joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. What does it mean? Joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, while Peter was preaching, so he said, Then the Spirit of God fell upon them, and they were praising God and worshiping God in other tongues, as the Bible says. And we see interesting the joy in the Holy Spirit. There is joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm not into fun in the church. It's often, often being mistaken. Oh, we had fun in the church today. And that's why they have all sorts of programs in order to get fun in the church. I never experienced fun in the church, but I experienced joy in the Holy Spirit amongst the believers. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's what our sign is. If you are Christian and you're lacking off these three things, righteousness and peace with God and joy in the Holy Spirit, then certainly your life is not quite right with God. And then these people understood, said, well, now we see. 
God has granted to the Gentiles repentance that leads to life. Hallelujah. That leads to life. And Peter could explain what God has done. And this church in Caesarea was growing and God did great works through the apostles. Wherever they got and they preached the word of God, God responded and gave people a new life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How could I stand God in the way? And the issue with food was already ticked off. There is no food issue any longer because what God did was greater. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for what you did also in Cornelius' house. I thank you, Lord, that many came to you, Lord, and his whole household got saved. And you granted them repentance to life. And I thank you, Lord, that you also want to strengthen us, Lord, that we might walk with you and walk with you in righteousness. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, that you will bless each and every one. Lord, I thank you that you will bless us. And those, Lord, who are weak, would you strengthen them? Hallelujah. Lord, those who hunger after righteousness and after you, Lord, and after your Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you might fill them with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Oh, that they really might experience a wonderful baptism in the Holy Spirit as you gave it and granted to the house of Cornelius and to the disciples on the day of Pentecost. I bless your wonderful name. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Amen.